Brooklyn is everything. Home to icons, bar racers, and startups who are just getting started. And for all who live here, home to great health care. New York Presbyterian Brooklyn Methodist Hospital with doctors from Weill Cornell Medicine, a new center for community health, and endless empathy for everyone. Stay Brooklyn. Stay amazing. El sorteo Truck or Treat de 250 mil dólares continúa hasta el 29 de octubre en Empire City Casino. Hasta 625 jugadores afortunados ganarán una parte de más de 250 mil dólares en efectivo y premios, incluyendo una camioneta nueva. Los sorteos serán efectuados el sábado 29 de octubre desde las 6 p.m. hasta las 10 p.m. Un ganador se llevará a casa un Chevy Silverado nuevo, solo en Empire City Casino. Debe tener 18 años de edad o más para jugar juegos de la Lotería de Nueva York. Por favor, juegue con responsabilidad. You're listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up Podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle and powered by Overtime Media. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, and with me, as always, is my partner in crime. You know him, you love him as the lead NFL writer for Heavy.com. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, I don't know if you saw the comments that Chris Harris Jr. had about Noah Fant following Thursday's uh, practice at Dove Valley, but he basically, two, two quick things, and I'll just paraphrase him. With the Niners uh, coming to town here for the for the joint sessions and then, of course, the Monday night throwdown, he was asked, Chris Harris, about whether or not Noah Fant is on a level or if he reminds him at all of George Kittle. And I thought it was really interesting that, that Harris was like, you know, Kittle? Oh, uh, no. He got a ways to go to get with Kittle. Kittle's an all-pro. He's still playing football and thinking at the same time, Fant. So until that goes away, that's when you can really truly see what type of player he is. I, I think it's an honest assessment of him, though I think that fan is getting better with every practice chat. And it's a good look for us. We talked about it yesterday that just give him some time and he will improve. In today's practice, Joe Flacco targeted him over the uh, middle of the field a couple times on some crossers. He's improving in his blocking. Chris Harris Jr., you know, he's kind of outspoken. That's his attitude. He holds his teammates to a higher standard. He's kind of among that old guard with Emmanuel Sanders. They don't really like the younger players coming in and taking their shine away. Uh, but he's definitely ascending right now. I, I agree with what Chris Harris Jr. said. He still has a ways to go to a fan. He's not a finished product. He has to pay his dues and prove his worth. But every day you're seeing why the Broncos invested a first-round pick in them. Every day you're seeing what a potential star lies ahead for them. Very exciting. Very exciting. I wrote an article on Thursday. You guys go check it out at milehighhuddle.com, which is a stock report on the, the current rookie class, how they're doing. Basically, it's been a, about a full month exactly, actually, because camp started on July 8th. So it's been a full month of camp slash preseason. And uh, it's kind of an update as to where everyone's at currently. So at least the rookie class, go check that out. But today, of course, it's all about the Mile High Mailback. We're going to get to your questions here in just a second. First, though, a couple of quick matters of business, especially for those who are new listeners. This podcast is growing at about 20% level on a week-in, week-out basis. And so i got to speak to the new listeners. You guys, make sure you're following the show on Twitter, at HuddleUpPod, because that's how you keep your finger on the pulse of what's happening with the show in real time. 
about 30% of you who listen on YouTube. We have a phenomenal, phenomenal community of listeners on YouTube. I was just looking at the analytics, Zach. About 30% of our listeners on YouTube listen, but they're not subscribing. So this is a, a call to action for all of you who are listening but aren't subscribing. Why don't you just hit that button, subscribe? That way you know every time a, a new pod gets uploaded, it's right there for you. You don't have to go searching. It's right there for you. And if you're on iTunes, quick reminder, new listeners from Apple Podcasts, leave us a creative review and a five-star rating if you like what Zach and I have to say. Fantasy football fans, you got to listen up. Do you want to join the biggest NFL season-long tournament ever? Of course you do. If you love fantasy football, and we know you do, then you need to enter the $3.5 million best ball championship on draft. That's right, $3.5 million in real money. It is absolutely enormous. It's huge. It's season long, but there's no management. You just set it, you forget it. So instead of agonizing over your lineup every single Sunday, draft does the analysis for you, gives you the most efficient Best odds to win your matchup lineup week in and week out. You do a draft, 16 weeks later, you could be a millionaire. Literally. It does not get any easier than that. It's the highest rated fantasy app, and it's available on the App Store and Google Play, or you can just go online to draft.com. For a limited time only, you can get a free entry into the Best Ball Championship when you make your first deposit, but you have to use our promo code HUDDLE. That's right, a free shot at a million dollars just by using our promo code HUDDLE when you make your first deposit on Draft. Also, a phenomenal way to support the Huddle Up podcast. Just search Draft in the App Store or go to Draft.com and come play free with promo code HUDDLE. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. All right. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It is that time of week where Zach and I take a peek inside the Mile High Mailbag because we are your football priests, and each and every week we're here to offer you the absolution and the answers to your burning Broncos questions. We have a flood of them, and we're going to fire through these here today. First one comes from Chris Hernandez on Twitter, at Chris His. I'm not sure how you pronounce that on Twitter, but he says, question. Do you think the Broncos will minimize Brett Rippon's reps during the preseason in order to avoid what happened with Kyle Sloter a few years back when trying to sneak him onto the practice squad, Zach? Yeah, I, I kind of answered Chris's question on Twitter already, so I'll just kind of repeat what I said. Uh, Sloter's situation was unique in that Minnesota really overpaid for him after he had a really, really great preseason Sloter, and he was this up-and-coming young quarterback, and they wanted a guy in the room like that. And the only reason Rip, Rippon hasn't played is because of Kevin Hogan and his presence, and I think that'll change as soon as Monday night against the uh, 49ers when Rippon becomes a third stringer and ho- hopefully Hogan is minimized. The Broncos, I think, would be wise to play Rippon more, not less, Chad. I think he's a young, developing quarterback 
who is a smart guy, a heady guy, and he can really succeed under the tutelage of Rich, Rich Gangarello. So I hope the Broncos give him a little more play this preseason. Yeah, I mean, this is a trope we've talked quite a bit about in the last few days. Yesterday, we spent quite a bit of time on the quarterbacks. But basically, the sooner the Broncos can cut bait and just dispense with Kevin Hogan, the sooner they can get to developing not only Drew Locke, of course, which is the priority, but also Brett Rippon. And I'm of the opinion that, you know, Rippon is an intriguing young player, very similar to, in terms of physical skill set, as Trevor Simeon, but I think has a better football brain, you know, between the ears than Simeon. And a larger sample size from college with which to try and extrapolate what to expect from him at the next level. But if there was that much demand for Rippon, he would have been drafted. And I don't think at this point he's shown enough to even really have that be a concern yet for the Broncos. We'll see how he performs in his next action, which I assume is going to be Monday night. If he blows the doors down, then the Broncos might have to start having some strategic conversations about how many reps do we really expose him to in terms of the the NFL spotlight. And listen, though, if you can get even an average Trevor Simeon type or a poor man's Trevor Simeon as your third quarterback behind Joe Flacco and Drew Locke, you're doing something right. So the Broncos would be wise, like you said, Chad, to further his development and not hinder it more uh, for Kevin Hogan, of all people. All right, let's turn to this smorgasbord of questions from our phenomenal community of listeners on YouTube, which, again, growing exponentially by the day. That's first one here. Shout out to all you guys. This one comes from J-Day. And sometimes, and J-Day's a guy, you know, I've, I've read his questions and remarks enough now to know that more often than not, when we hear from J-Day, it's more about he's he's trying to sound off, exercise some demons, get something off his chest, and he's looking for a reaction from us. But here's what he said. For all of Broncos country who thinks Drew Locke is a bust, I want them to go back and look at Carson Wentz and Jared Goff's first two preseason games. And from the looks of it, Drew Locke is right where he's supposed to be. He just needs a little grooming on things like experience, and then he puts reps in parentheses, footwork, etc. And if you look at the comments, the majority were saying there that he was a bust. Just needed to say that. Thanks again, guys. I just can't believe it needs to be said once again, Chad. And J Day is absolutely right. And he's repeating everything that we've said on the pod multiple times. But how could, again, I just, how anyone can call Drew Locke a, a bust after two preseason games, and he looked pretty good in the second one, is so beyond me. The same fan base that's been clamoring for a young, hotshot quarterback finally got one, and they're holding him to this impossible standard. Uh, yeah, I mean, those are two good examples, and he might not develop along the same timeline as those two quarterbacks, Goff and Wentz, but if you just do it correctly, you have patience with him, as he's shown on a week-to-week basis, he will get better. There's a reason Elway fell in love with him, and I think this is the one quarterback that Elway fell in love with that will pan out correctly. By the way, it hasn't been long enough for me to forget this, and all of you listening now, if you have an Amazon Prime membership, you can go on Amazon Video right now and watch the All or Nothing season from 2017. I think it actually came out and was was published in 2018, but it chronicles that 2017 season, and you can see there was some hand-wringing going on about Jared Goff because he seemed like an idiot, didn't know that the sun sets in the the west, rises in the east, and all that. And he didn't play very well in the preseason. You know, they eased him into action that season. So, you know, give him time. Give, give Drew Locke time. But that was, that's a good comparison, uh, J-Day. Next one here comes from JL Avenger 23 He says, hello, my friends. Great job by you all. First question, can Troy Fumagalli be used as a fullback given the injuries to Jano and Riddick and that George Aston, the undrafted rookie, might not make the 53-man roster. I heard Royce Freeman can be an option for pass and run. 
kind of what was thought to do with Riddick. Your answer on that one for JL Avengers Act. In terms of Troy Fumagalli, Vic Fangio said himself it was a possibility, and it's a, it's a great observation. I think it's what the Broncos will do for a few weeks. Janovich probably, in my opinion, will be back. In week two, week three, he's a pretty tough player, and you can get by those couple weeks without a fullback. You can use Fumagalli in that role, and you can save a roster spot by not having George Aston there. In terms of Freeman, he's definitely a runner. I wouldn't rely on him as a pass catcher, though. He has a, a decent pair of hands, but you have Philip Lindsay for that reason. You have Devontae Booker for that reason. And you have your uh, host of receivers for that reason. So I wouldn't uh, drill him into the turf as a pass catcher, Royce Freeman. Yeah, when Jano, you know, the news broke that he was going to be out six to eight weeks, everyone was like, oh, well, that's, you know, slam dunk for George Aston. But the unfortunately for him, the roster math is just too fuzzy. It, it portended well until the news broke about Theo Riddick. And now the Broncos' best bet is clearly going to be, because they haven't placed anybody on IR, so they're not going to. And their best bet simply going to be to task a tight end to handle those duties until they get Jano back. Now, next question here. We'll rapid fire this last one here from JL Avenger. His was a two-part. He says, can Brendan Langley make it too? I have my doubts either as a wide receiver or a kick returner. Tim Patrick has done better, at least from what I know. Greetings from Paradise, Costa Rica. I'd love to visit there someday. Maybe someday I can. But my opinion, Zach, Brendan Langley is not going to make this 53-man roster. He couldn't cut it as a corner, and he just doesn't have enough time to turn the corner as a wide receiver. What we've seen from him so far in camp and then also in two preseason opportunities has been lackluster, to say the least. I mean, we know he's not going to make it as a punt returner after pulling his best Isaiah McKenzie impersonation. And as a wide receiver, he has speed, but uh, that's his only card he can play right now and the Broncos have speedy players on the roster so I've been saying it all offseason it was a last ditch effort on his part and the Broncos part to spare him being and, and parting with a third round bust but he just doesn't have it at this position I think the Broncos will cut him uh, at final cuts and finally move on from him and just admit their mistake all right next question here <clears throat> comes from Nevets 4433 on YouTube Nevet says, with significant injuries to Theo Riddick and Andy Janovich, how do you see this playing out as far as the roster math? We can't keep four running backs and two fullbacks, can we? Who do you think this leaves on the outside looking in? Well, we've already touched on one. I think both of us agree that we'll be surprised if George Aston ends up making this. And he never really had a good shot to begin with. As soon as we saw what Andy Janovich was, was doing in camp. It was, I mean, they brought him in for, because basically Jano's in a contract year, they want to get another fullback option into the system, into the organization. But the plan was never really to, to seriously consider George Aston for the 53-man roster. And this injury is the only thing that created a small sliver of daylight in terms of his prospects. But with Theo Reddick going down, it's, it's just not going to happen. So to answer more specifically, Zach, with the injuries to both Riddick and Janovich, who do you think this leaves on the outside looking in? Well, Aston for sure. And I think it also leaves Theo Riddick on the outside looking in. I mean, his injury, before that, he was pegged as the favorite to take over that pass-catching role for Devontae Booker. But that injury now, Chad, can you really hold him onto the roster and, and carry a guy onto the 53 that's injured in that backfield? I don't know that you can do it when you have a – a similar talent in Devontae Booker, who we, we may be more on high on than other people, but uh, I think he'll uh, be on the bubble, Theo Riddick, and I think George Aston's on his way out, unfortunately. All right, next question here comes from Klaus Klaus. I hope I pronounced that correctly. Might be Klaus Klaus, but I think it's Klaus Klaus. On YouTube, he says, Hey guys, diehard fan from Germany here. I love, I mean, I absolutely love your podcast. Here's my question. 
is it now time to finally look at another strength and conditioning coach? We are three weeks into the preseason. We've already lost our starting fullback, our first three inside linebackers, our new running back, our tight ends also can't stay healthy or seem to recover. And that's not just this season. Last season, we had more injuries than usual, too. I don't want to exaggerate, but we saw last season how two big injuries, Sanders and Chris Harris, made it impossible for this team to not just win, but to even be competitive anymore. And I don't want to lose Von Miller and Bradley Chubb after six weeks of this season. Knock on wood, everybody. Thanks for the answer. Klaus, Klaus, thank you for the question. Zach, your answer for him. I know Lauren Landau is pretty well respected within you know the locker room and in the Denver community. I don't think it's time to replace him yet, Chad. And maybe point the finger is a better word, better phrase. Him and Vince Garcia, the new strength trainer, taking over for Greek. Uh, it's definitely more than a coincidence as to all the lower body injuries and all the players going down. And just the way he put it, I mean, the starting fullback, first three linebackers, new running back, the tight ends. That's a lot of players to lose in a short time. Injuries are a part of the game, but I still happen to think, and we've been talking about it for over a year now, Chad, there's something more to this regiment that is putting undue pressure on the players' bodies and it's causing them to break down. I don't know what it is, you know, if it's just like a lack of focus on a or a couple different areas of strength, conditioning, nutrition, you know, whatever the regimen is, something seems to be missing from the equation because, I mean... How how much longer are we going to go in terms of saying, oh, it's a coincidence, you know, it's just football? Yes, injuries are a part of football, unfortunately, but when it seems to be, you know, outside the norm and it goes beyond being, and it's obviously an outlier in terms of it being, not an outlier, that's the wrong verbiage for it, but it's obviously sticking out like a sore thumb, you have to consider it. And the, I think the biggest reason why the Broncos have stuck with him up to this point, as Zach touched on in his answer, is that, he is very well respected in the locker room. And I don't just mean players, you know, think he's cool or whatever. They all have, before he got that job, they all used, many of them, I shouldn't say all, but many of them used him, including the college players at CSU and, and, and Colorado, to strength, train, you know, condition themselves for the NFL and college. So he's got a reputation. And who knows, there is a chance always that it simply is a coincidence. But I would think that, you know, if if the team doesn't like what they see this year, they might look at some other op- options uh, outside the team. But next question here comes from, and we got to mosey through these quickly. This one comes from Bronco Glory. He says, do you guys think Jake Butt makes the final 53-man roster given all the injuries he has sustained in his career? And if so, how many tight ends would the Broncos keep on the 53 given the injury plagues, uh, plaguing the depth at the position? Zach, your answer. I think this is could be a, a make-or-break week for Jake, but if he can show some progress, get back on the field and make some plays, they will keep him on the 53 just because of his name recognition, and we, we talked about it on the previous pod, Chad. Uh, the Broncos seem to still have high hopes for him. But if he has another setback, if he hits another pothole, as Vic Fangio puts it, then it could put his roster spot in danger. I still happen to think that uh, he's not really – it wouldn't surprise me to see him being left off the roster, but – Based on his name, based on his comeback, and based on the comments he's made and the Broncos have made about him, if he could just be on the field this week and just not fall apart, I think he'll ultimately end up making the 53. If not, the PUP list is a possibility. Well, actually, not not to correct you, but I just learned this a couple weeks ago on an article I had to do some research on. Apparently with the PUP list, if you have participated on the field at all during training camp, you are automatically ineligible for the PUP. So his huh. only option would be... Injured reserve. reserve designation. Designated to return. Yeah. So that's an option for him, but I concur 100% with Zach that he's kind of right now, I mean, 
you don't want to put too much of an emphasis on it, but I think another setback puts his roster prospects in doubt. Provided he does not suffer a setback, I think he's he's the Broncos fully intend on putting him on the 53. So to break down your question and answer it in full, I see it being Noah Fant, Jeff Hireman, Troy Fumagalli. Those three currently are locks for the roster, and I currently see it as Jake Butt making it unless he has a setback. Now, if he does have a setback, I think they'll put him on IR and see what he looks like eight weeks into the season, and meanwhile roll into the season with three tight ends and maybe you know go go stronger at another position. Now, we still have many other questions to get to in today's podcast, but first, we got to take a quick break. We'll be right back. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Welcome to America, the land of junk sleep, where it's bedtime, but you're double booked. Here, there's always one more deadline to meet, episode to watch, or meme to share. The world may not want you to sleep, but we do. Only the sleep experts at Mattress Firm can help you find the right bed at the right price. Unjunk your sleep, in-store or online at mattressfirm.com today. All right, Zach, this next question here comes from Dylan Buck Elk. He says, taking off the orange-colored glasses, how realistic is it that Chris Harris Jr. returns to Denver after this season? Uh, It'll depend on what he does this season. I still think it would take just a phenomenal MVP-type campaign for the Broncos to consider it. And then if he does that, though, he's only going to drive his his, uh, value up more. This offseason was a big bridge-burning event for both sides. Uh, They just came together because they're both interested in winning and they're both interested in serving themselves. You know, Harris got more money. The Broncos kept a a Pro Bowl caliber player and they're hoping for the best this year. I still don't think he'll return. Them signing two cornerbacks and investing in the position kind of said it all about him. And the way they handled his his holdout said that they didn't see him part of the plans beyond this season. So I'd be really surprised if he's with the Broncos in 2020. I agree. And this is what we've been writing since the whole episode took place and the Broncos Basically, you know, just gave him a raise to for no real reason. I mean, he was holding out, but they held all the leverage, which shows you that John Elway wanted to show some appreciation for what he's done and his contributions while also giving Vic Fangio every arrow possible to put in his quiver on his first year and, you know, make it as smooth sailing as possible. But I have to echo what Zach said in that the only thing I can see that returns Chris Harris next year is if he has an all-pro season, okay? And I'm talking like a hype field all-pro season of the 2014 caliber where he's an analytics darling, all the players are talking about him, he's on all the lists, he's all-pro, he's Pro Bowl. Elway's not going to let that player, even at his age, walk at least without a fight. He'll do something to try and keep him around. At that point, it'll just come down to, it would come down to, I should say, what kind of goodwill exists still in the heart of Chris Harris in terms of how badly does he want to stick around in Denver? Is he just dead set on becoming the highest paid corner? Or is he willing to make maybe a few slight accommodations in order to remain a Bronco? Now, next question here comes from Joseph Flax. He says, hey, guys, first of all, love the pod. Was a VIP for a while. Can't wait to be one again. 
stay tuned on that, Joseph. We got some stuff coming up for you, and we super you, you have no idea how much we appreciate you. Two questions. What do you think of the move of Jamal Carter to inside linebacker? I always thought of him as a dimebacker anyway, so it should be a good fit. And second, did you guys ever get some huddle-up swag? I remember you guys saying you were trying to put something together, and I'd love to buy some, keep up the great work. So on that topic, then we'll hit Carter. Zach and I fully intend on getting some swag ordered up. I started half the process of getting the ball rolling on that, and then when things kind of got thrown at us uh, with 24-7 sports and we had to kind of not scramble so much but, you know, start – reprioritizing our time for a short period that kind of had to get put on the back burner things have begun to settle back down though and so my answer to you on that joseph on swag and this is to everybody soon it's it's we're about halfway there i just got to put a little bit more time into uh design clicking through to a few other things then we should be able to make that available now your thoughts zach on what you think of the move of jamal carter to ilb yeah, we talked about it a, a couple of pods ago, Chad, but I love it. I, I agree. I also always envisioned him to play that dimebacker role because, like he said, he loves contact. He's a very physical player, great player on specials, too. He can He's very versatile for this team. He loves hitting. Uh, he can, as I said, if he has a good preseason in this spot the next couple of games, he could really take Sua Craven's roster spot, and he can give them ver- depth at – inside linebacker and safety, so two positions for one player. I, I'm a big fan of his. I think the Broncos missed him last year with his injury, and I hope he stays healthy because I think he can, he can bring another new intense physical element to this defense. All right, next question here, and these ones we have to kind of rapid fire through them because um, I'm kind of short on time again tonight. I have a thing to do with one of my kids back to school night. You know, it's middle of August. Kids are going back to school. So these next ones, we got to kind of rapid fire through them, but it comes from Stu, longtime listener of the show. He says, how has Will Parks been looking? He was supposed to take a big leap forward this year, and if he could play strong safety or even uh, Sua Cravens at a good level uh, and Kareem Jackson could play corner, that would make the cornerback group so much stronger and I think the whole defense. If you have Kareem Jackson and Chris Harris and Bryce Callahan as corners, that is a very, very good group. Then you could have Simmons and a solid, strong safety, but that largely seems to depend on Will Parks. What do you guys think? First and foremost, Stu, the Broncos basically – Kareem Jackson is the strong safety. <clears throat> now, that doesn't mean there aren't going to be packages in which Kareem Jackson slips down into the nickel or you know plays some outside corner, but Vic Fangio wants him to be the strong safety. So what that means for Will Parks is he has had a strong camp. He's received – praise he's one of you know maybe a a dozen players who unprompted has received praise from Vic Fangio publicly so he's had himself a good summer but he's basically Zach he's that third safety onto the field and in a contract year in a Vic Fangio scheme that's not the worst thing yeah, Chad, you really said it best there. He he has had a good summer. He has had a good camp for the Broncos. Unfortunately, he has kind of a, an injury right now, which he's mending, so hopefully it's not overly serious. He doesn't aggravate it further. But he's a good player in this defense, and he kind of uh, had a little bit of a coming-out party last year in that Pittsburgh game. And then this year, under Vic Fangio, he's really taken to the playbook. And he, like you said, is one of the few players that's drawn unprompted praise from Fangio, and that's never easy to do. He's going to be an integral part of this defense. I don't know about starter. I don't know about title, but he's going to see a lot of time, and he should uh, really contribute in the contract here and play well for them. All right, next question here comes from Eclipse Stormborn, also a former VIP subscriber at milehighhuddle.com when we were on the 24-7 Sports Network. And again, I remind everybody, we're going to be offering a VIP option here on the Maven and Sports Illustrated very, very soon, so stay tuned for that. Eclipse says, Happy Thursday, fellas. I heard the Building the Broncos guys say... 
that Troy Fumagalli was taking snaps at fullback. Do you think it could work out the way the Packers put Richard Rodgers at fullback? Or, yeah, fullback. Keep up the great work. Thanks and peace from Philly. I'm not exactly sure how it worked out, I'll be honest with you, Clips, uh, with Richard Rodgers for the Packers, but I think that at worst, Troy Fumagalli can get the Broncos by until Jano comes back. Yeah, and plus Scangarello with the 49ers, they were known a lot to run a lot of fullback heavy and tight end heavy packages, and they lean on them. So they're in good hands in this situation. I think Rich will know what to do to scheme around that deficiency for a few weeks. All right, next question here comes from Mark Anthony Ignacio. He says, thanks for answering my question last week and keep spitting out awesome content. So far, I love Coach Vic. His toughness and his emphasis on the details is something that has me very excited. Recently, however, I am beginning to worry about a couple of his decisions. Being a little rough on the players, the ending of the haircut tradition, and tougher practices are fine for now. But with relatively young starters and the lack of established veteran leadership in some areas, a losing streak and fatigue could end the team's season early. Do you guys get some of the same feeling, or am I just afraid of being hurt for another year? You know, I'm not worried about that per se, Mark. I know that some fans have brought this up to me in the past, that, and this might predate Zach's time covering the team. So for what it's worth, when Josh McDaniels came in 2009, his first year with the Broncos, he worked the living you-know-what out of this team in training camp. It was one of the most you know, uh, fraught training camps in recent Broncos history, and yet the Broncos opened that season 6-0. and Everyone thought, oh, he's a genius. He's a chip off the old block from Belichick, and everything's going to be smooth sailing. And then the Broncos hit a wall and proceeded to lose whatever it was, two of their final – or lose eight of their ten final games. And so most players – I shouldn't say most. Several players from that team said that one of the reasons they think they, they came up short halfway through the season and went on that streak that they did was because they were just worn out and tired. So there is a concern, but I don't see that. I don't see Fangio, Zach, his, the way he's operated these training camp practices being anything even close to the way Josh McDaniels on the old CBA was able to work this team. And let's see, the Broncos had club med under Vance Joseph the last couple of years, and how'd that work out for him? I agree. I don't think it translates over either. And I don't really, and maybe because I'm not overly emotionally invested in the team, but I don't really see the big deal about the haircut tradition, Chad. I mean, it's, I guess it was a fun thing for the players to do, but that was against his own moral compass, Vic Fangio. He doesn't believe in hazing, and he saw it as a way of hazing players. And he runs the team, it's his call, and he decided to exert a little bit of influence. And that's something that you wouldn't see under under Vance Joseph. And the players, as, as much as they don't like it, Emmanuel Sanders talked about it, he said he's upset with it. He respects Fangio's decision, and he knows that it's all about winning. He already has the respect, and if anything, we can take from that, that the barometer, uh, that the culture he's instilled is off to a good start. All right, next question here comes from Sin G. He says, have you seen the latest NFL power rankings? Denver is 24th, and they have San Francisco at 16th. The Niners don't have half the talent Denver has on offense or defense. No proven number one receivers or superstar pass rushers. How is this possible? I'll tell you. The outside world views Jimmy Garoppolo, apparently, more favorably than they do Joe Flacco. If you really want to boil it down, that's what it comes down to. And I think that's asinine. I mean, if Jim, Jimmy Garoppolo might be a more talented passer, but Joe Flacco's significantly more proven. I wouldn't read too much into that particular power rankings act. 
I don't read into them during the regular season. I'm, I'm supposed to read into them in on August 15th. I mean, I don't really care what other people have to say that don't follow the team on a day-to-day basis. This is the same national media that predicted the Broncos win two games, have another top 10 pick. They ranked the roster 27th, uh, the sixth worth coaching staff, whatever it was. Obviously, the, the national media is either uh, you know biased against the Broncos or delusional to what they've done and, and how they're trending under Vic Fangio. So I wouldn't put any stock in anyone from Adam Rank or anyone else has to say about them right now. They're going to prove it on the field, what they're capable of. And like Tony Romo said today on the radio, they're going to surprise and shock a lot of people this That's season. That's right. I saw that as well. So that takes some encouragement from that. All right, next one here comes from Ty Angel. He says, you guys are awesome to listen to. I enjoy you guys dropping some knowledge. What players should the Broncos look to sign early to catch them on a steal or a team-friendly deal? Now, the Broncos, Zach, have a lot of players in the contract year. Who do you who jumps out to you as someone that the Broncos should try and get out in front of, you know, possibly losing them to a competitor on the open market, offer them something in season? Well, Justin Simmons screams to mind, you know, because he's such a young ascending player, and I think he's really going to be the breakout candidate on defense for them this season. So if they can get him locked down, uh, you know, you have Adam Gotsis, you have Harris, Shelby Harris is going to be a free agent. A lot of key defenders for Denver, if they perform and shine under Vic Fangio, I think Elway would be quick to and smart to lock him down now before their value increases next March. All right, next question here comes from Corey G. He says, why won't the Broncos sign Eric Berry? Of course, perennial all-pro, Pro Bowl caliber, former chief. He's a safety. Simple answer, Corey. The Broncos don't have the money. They got less than $3 million in cap space right now. So they, uh, you know, in this case, beggars have to be choosers. Yeah, they just don't have the money. And honestly, the fact that no one else has signed him isn't a great sign for Barry's prospects. We can always look to that as like the the baseline for a, a player's uh, estimation around the league. So the Broncos are not going to sign him. They're very, very much content with their defensive backs, and as they should be. And by the way, they just signed. They just paid a safety eleven million dollars a year, and that's Kareem Jackson. Yep. They're completely content at this point with their strong safety situation. Now, next question here comes from A. Bashari. He says, "What would have to click or go right in our offense to make it a top ten unit this year? What offseason moves could we make so that the offense is a top ten unit next year?" What do you think, though, on that first point? That's interesting, Zach. Would have to click for this to be a top 10 unit. Yeah, the second question I really can't answer until I see them this season, but uh, it comes down to Joe Flacco, Chad. It's always going to be Joe Flacco. He's the difference between 8-8 and and 10-6. and Injuries and Joe Flacco. If he can just stay healthy and and the offensive line can stay healthy, and if he clicks and goes back to that maybe 2014-ish form, they can be a top 10 offense with the weapons around him. All right, there are a few questions here in today's mailbag that unfortunately this is a rare occurrence in which we just don't have time to get to each and every one. However, to Juice, to Mace, to Air Traffic Control, to all the guys we weren't able to get to in today's bag, we'll get to you on the next podcast. So, you know, we have, uh, we'll be back, of course, Zach and I, for Monday's episode, which is going to be a game day episode. You'll have the Scouts Eye preview from the BTB boys for Saturday. And then when we return on Monday, we'll grab whatever questions we weren't able to get on today's pod then. So don't worry, boys. We will get to you. Hang with us. But in the meantime, that's going to do it for today. Make sure you're following the show on Twitter, everybody, at HuddleUpPod. You can find my partner at KelbermanNFL and myself at Chad and Jensen. Stay tuned. Again, fresh building the Broncos for you on Saturday. A scout's eye preview breaking down 
preseason game three for your Denver Broncos. And then Zach and I will be back in the saddle Monday. Have a great weekend, everybody. For Zach Kelberman, I'm Chad Jensen. We'll talk to you then. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.